KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Time to take our weekly look at the economy as we check in with David Fiorenza, Associate Professor of Practice, Villanova School of Business. Lots to talk about. Some relatively encouraging employment numbers. We'll touch on the stock market, housing, stimulus, all that and more. Give a listen. I would like to start quickly with the stock market. We usually don't pay that close of attention to the Dow Jones in our conversations, but it was down big yesterday, over 550 points. As we're speaking now, down about 250 more points here on this Friday. Uh, What's behind this? Is there something pushing stocks lower? Well, Matt, to start this off this week, our podcast, uh, there's a couple of things that are happening. The one thing that's happening is that the long-term treasury has actually increased a lot, and that's making people maybe look at shifting long-term money into, into savings, money markets, those kinds of things. One thing that's not being talked about a lot is the Syrian airstrikes. Anytime you have some conflicts that were these Syrian airstrikes, as we've talked or have been planned for many months. Uh, when we see these kinds of things, Wall Street gets a little bit nervous when they see strikes over in the Middle East. We're not sure what's going to happen, but yet oil is down at least a dollar twenty right now, almost two percent, which doesn't make sense. Usually, when you do those airstrikes, uh, oil the price of oil goes up. Let's talk unemployment. Relatively good news. Uh, Initial jobless claims dropped over 100,000 from last week. Um, This is a constantly fluid situation as we've tracked now for almost a year. Uh, And we're still talking huge numbers. But this is a significant drop. And you think it could be the harbinger of better days ahead? I sure hope so. This is the kind of news I was looking for. This is the kind of news I was hoping to talk to you about. The fact that it was over 100,000 less claims and even last week was revised down by 5,000. Now, some of the bad news is in Pennsylvania, we still have a high unemployment rate of about 6.5%, which is higher than New York. Uh, It's higher than Rhode Island, higher than Connecticut, Illinois, and Michigan. Some of the good news is that uh, in New Jersey, we're seeing the unemployment rate drop which is a good thing. And that may be leading into summertime and the warmer weather and some of the resort areas that we've talked about in the past. And we've kind of talked about this the last few weeks. COVID cases have been dropping. Vaccinations continue to ramp up. This The stimulus bill, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but it looks like more stimulus is coming warmer weather. It would seem to me, in theory, we have a lot of things coming together where we could really see the economy really start to ramp up, no? Oh, absolutely. Some of the indicators are the fact that we talked about this last week, the $600 stimulus uh, package that was given to uh, to the American public, it really did drive a surge in spending. It really did drive a surge even in savings and uh, drawing down some of their debt. So a lot of things are pointing up. Uh, we have to be careful. Lumber prices are very high. We have to be careful that oil prices are going up. That could be some of the things that could stop a full-blown uh, skyrocketing of the GDP for first and second quarter of this year. We talk about this stimulus plan, and uh, as we're talking here on Friday, I think it sounds like we'll get a vote in the House on Friday night, but word coming that the $15 minimum wage that Democrats were pushing for, parliamentarian says it can't be included. 
I am no expert in parliamentarian stuff. And just for our conversation, the fact that it's going to be put on the shelf, do you think we will see action at some point on that on its own? Something has to be done there, doesn't it, on the minimum wage? I agree. It does have to be done. Although I think some action is already being taken. I think the Democrats uh, are getting a win here, even though they're not going to get the $15 an hour minimum wage, because the more they talk about it, the more companies are coming forward saying, you're right, we're going to start our employees at $15, $16 an hour. So I think subconsciously their plan is actually working. Uh, they're, They're seeing that that the American public does want a good wage. Uh, they In certain areas of the country, you can't afford to live under under $7 or $8 an hour, even $9 an hour. So it's pushing some of these companies to come forward and saying, yeah, you're right, we should be paying a higher wage without actually being mandated. Consumer sentiment, uh, February up a bit. Um, obviously going up is good news. We're still way below where we were before COVID hit. No surprise there. But to our earlier conversation, there are a lot of indicators. We could see this number start to take off, too, as well, couldn't we? We could. And some of the reasons why you saw a dip in that consumer sentiment was because uh, people had saw the news of the Federal Reserve telling us to be careful and cautious of prices, meaning inflation. That could happen this year. Uh, usually you do get a little bit of inflation uh, throughout the year when your economy is growing. And I've always said the inflation I like the best are the things that I own, such as homes, uh, maybe other kinds of assets. I don't like the uh, inflation that I see in energy prices and food. So the consumer sentiment, okay, it went down a couple percentage points. I'm not concerned until I see a trend of three or four months of it declining, which I don't think we're going to see. You mentioned the Fed. I know you've in, you've liked what the Fed has done, especially in the early days of the COVID crisis. Uh, you still think they're taking the right approach? How they're they're looking at the economy? I think they are. They, they had some testimony on February twenty third by our our Fed chair uh, Jerome Powell. A lot of his news has been overshadowed because of the coronavirus and because of vaccines coming out and also new vaccines coming out. So with that being said, his his message is not always getting out there 100 uh, percent. His message is, I think, is very straightforward. Let's let's be cautious. Let's be careful. Uh, let's let's grow this economy at a steady rate. Let's take a look at inflation. And we still have some tools in the shed, so to speak, that if, in fact, there is inflation, we can we can keep uh, things cooled down and not heat up too much so that the American public is not um, getting hammered by inflation. I know you're always keeping a close eye on the housing market. Do you think it's a, a good indicator? What are you seeing there these days? Well, the housing market, I've always said housing starts affects every industry from plumbing, heating, electrical, to carpets, to painting, to landscapers. Uh, I'm so excited about the housing market, the new home sales. Uh, my only concern is that the average sales price, and we've talked about this on and off air, is over 400000 right now. And that's really hard to swallow throughout the United States for a family of three or a family of four who are only making seventy five, eighty thousand, for them to find what we call affordable housing, maybe townhomes in a two hundred thousand range, uh, even things at two two twenty five single family homes are hard to find. Uh, but the other thing that's good could we have to keep a watch on, as I said before, is lumber prices. We have to be sure that there's enough lumber out there because I'm seeing what could happen in Texas. 
A lot of people are shifting to go work down there. As the spring occurs, we're not going to see a lot of contractors up in this area because they're going to go where the dollars are and where they're being called uh, to the poor people of Texas who really do need that that help. Uh, I hope we don't have a a bad hurricane season this year because that'll affect lumber. That'll affect other kinds of things, not just lumber itself. So I'm excited to see that people are working on their homes. They're putting additions on and uh, they are moving back and forth various places. But again, my concern is that the the average sale price is over uh, $400,000 for a home in the United States. We talked a lot about uh, city, state, municipalities, how they've gotten, in a lot of cases, hammered by the coronavirus. Uh, this has been a sticking point. We're expecting money for some relief for these places in the new uh, stimulus bill. But I've also seen some interesting things that a lot of local municipalities and such are cautiously optimistic that their their budgets didn't get hit quite as hard as they thought they they would. Have you heard anything about this? That maybe some some places got a a, a little bit of a break in, in what they thought was going to be big shortfalls. You're correct in in, in that assumption. Um, most municipalities in the tri-state area are on a calendar year. So right now, uh, at the end of February, they're going through their independent audits and they're finding out that they do have some excess cash at the end of the year. There's a couple of reasons is because they would normally get funding from state and federal aid. Another reason is if if they rely on the earned income tax, those kinds of uh, revenues are down. But a lot of places in the tri-state area rely on the real estate tax. And the real estate tax needs to be paid uh, either in the, the discount face or penalty period. Uh, I, they've also seen some good upticks. Let's go back to housing, building permits, zoning permits. The planning commission uh, are, are doing well with fees. Uh, you're seeing some of the universities, even the ones that aren't that aren't doing so well, looking at their endowments and say, well, maybe we can upgrade some of our buildings and build new. So that is in the process, in the works. A lot of municipalities uh, throughout the, the tri-state really did hunker down, bunker down, and put and, and put the screws to expenses, knowing that something was going to happen with COVID, and it really did. It, 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 they were able to, to really uh, become efficient during this time. Now they're finding out that, well, well, if we're efficient, do we really need all the help we really did need? Can we outsource some of our services that we didn't outsource before, Matt? And that, that has been a big sticking point when it comes to these big relief bills. Republicans don't want to give this help. Democrats do. Is this something where we could see you think maybe the, the price tag for these state municipalities go down a little bit simply because the need is not as extraordinary as we thought five, six, eight months ago? Well, I, the sentiment at the local level and the county levels is they some of them have already resolved themselves to the fact that they're not going to get state or federal funding. So they're reworking their budgets. They're reworking their expenditures. It's the cities, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Camden, places of that nature, Wilmington, that that really do have a need for some kind of assistance at the federal level. States are going to are still going to hurt. It's going to be very hard for the state of Pennsylvania to make up that shortfall of, of three to five billion dollars. Um, New Jersey's in a little bit better place because they become, become a little bit more progressive than Pennsylvania with marijuana laws, um, other kinds of things like they they were the first ones to jump on online gambling and those kinds of things that brought in revenues. And we have talked a lot about the effect of uh, sporting venues, not having fans and all of the kind of ripple effects of the economy that has. 
It sounds like we're on the road to at least getting some people back in the stands for, say, Phillies games and stuff like that. Even if it's a, a radically small number than we're used to, that's a, that's a nice big step, isn't it? I think that is a very big step, and it's a big step economically. Even if they put in 6,000 fans at a, at a Phillies game, uh, that obviously means not as many food vendors, not as many people parking your cars, but it's 6,000 people who are going to be paying the parking tax, going to be paying the, the other kinds of taxes at the concession stands, buying the merchandise. It's a good first step. I'm also seeing in the tri-state area, some of the uh, theaters are starting to reopen again, starting maybe May, June, little by little, a couple concerts here and there, a couple shows here and there. And that's the way you and I have talked about it almost an entire year saying when it comes time open up slowly there's no reason to dive into the deep end if I haven't been in a pool for a year I'm not jumping off a diving board right now Matt <laughs> I'm going to go into the low end and ease myself back into it That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 